Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. This morning I want to begin with you a, a series that will go over the next four Sundays. So today and the next three. Thank you team, just bring all that stuff out. And, uh, but listen here a minute. Uh, I want to speak to you about the church. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the church, capital C. And I know that right now there's a lot of uh, opinions, there's a lot of controversy even, a lot of things being said about Christians and about the church. And it does seem to me like there's been an increase in criticism of the church going back over the last 12 months or so. And uh, I know that for some people in the world, the, the church is seen as an historical group of people. It's like something that belongs in yesterday. Uh, or some others just see it as like a social organisation. It's where you go where, you know, pretty much you just want to, you know, you meet your friends there, like the bowling club, except they don't bowl. And, uh, and even amongst Christians, I'm amazed how many different ideas people can have about what is the purpose and nature of the church. And so over the next few weeks, I want to delve into some of that by giving you some contrasting pictures. And each one of these, there'll be some of you will go, well, actually, that's the way I've been thinking and I need to shift to this. I've been acting like the church was that. And really, I never realised that what God was building wasn't my idea. He's building his own idea. The reality is that your opinion about the church and mine is largely irrelevant in the sense that it's just an opinion. Because the Bible says Jesus is coming back for a bride that He is preparing. So He's not coming back for something we've created. He said, I'm coming back for a bride I'm preparing. The Holy Spirit is doing that. And so today, thank you just, I'm going to wait one more minute because I'm pretty sure we're going to light the candle. Here we go. Ready? Here comes the man with all the cutlery. I'm left-handed, so please put the spoon on the left-hand side for me. Thank you. A knife and fork I use like a right-hander, so that's fine. Yeah, good. Doesn't want a light? There you go. A bit more colouring. I think the candle needs a bit more help. It's, it's responding to that prophetic word I had earlier about uh, people whose flame was flickering. Got it. woo Today I want to speak to you on the church. Is it a restaurant or a family? Over here on my right-hand side is the restaurant table. And look how beautifully it's set up with the finest china. Look, Leo has even fancified these napkins. They are placed here so beautifully. There's more cutlery here. Uh, It's like he's emptied the entire cutlery drawer, three different kinds of glasses and and a beautiful candle. And and it's all special and lovely. And... uh, And yet when it comes to the church as a restaurant or over here, we have the family dinner table, a couple of stools, a couple of placemats that probably may not have been washed for a little while, uh, a fruit bowl and a plant that has seen better days. Uh, If you want to see the big difference between the church as a restaurant or the church as a family, look no further than this. Right here is the biggest difference between whether I see the church as a restaurant or whether I see 
the church as a family. I'm not sure about you, but in my home, that has never, ever made an appearance. There's never once ever, ever, ever in all our married life, Rhonda has never come out once and said, by the way, kids, here's the menu for tonight's meal. Would you like to order from the menu? Uh, it's never, ever been there. Maybe on your place it's different. Not one of my children has ever scanned the menu and said, oh, baked Gruyere cheese souffle. Oh, local truffle. I don't like local truffles. I really prefer the French ones. Cauliflower textures. Roasted pumpkin and fennel risotto. Oh, I'm not a big fan of fennel. Tempura local cod fillets. Oh, that sounds good. I wonder if it comes with chips. No, it comes with lightly battered celeriac remoulade and lemon. I don't even know what any of that is. I know what lemon is. Free-range chicken breast. Naduja. I don't know what that is. Potatoes and mushroom. I'd say rag out, except I'm cultured and I know it's ragu. Lindley Valley pork belly. Twice cooked. Is that because they did a bad job the first time? Uh, white beans, heirloom carrots. They're really old, wrinkly. Uh, and uh, cider use and crackle. Beautiful, yes. How many people are getting hungry now? Yes, baked akoya oysters. I don't, know, I don't know, what, honestly, I don't know what half this is. But not one of my children has ever scanned down the menu and said, by the way, mum, I think what I'd really like tonight is I'd like scotch filling. And can I have that medium to well, please? And uh, by the way, can I have some, some uh, sautéed uh, honey carrots on the side? Oh, no, hold them out there. Now, Mum, I think I'd like asparagus spears with some almond slivers on there as well. Would you mind that, Mum? Oh, and can I have the Bernays sauce? But can I have it on the side? Uh, no one of my kids has ever had that opportunity. Uh, when I was a child growing up, there was one day of the entire year where you got to pick a menu. That was your birthday. And uh, trust me, you had to pick out a mum's repertoire. She never gave you one of these and said, what would you like? She'd you'd be like shepherd's pie, rissoles, you know, chops. Uh, it was pretty much meat and three veg. Uh, that would be the way it would go. And so, but many people in reality, what they want the church to look like is just like that. They want a church where you get to choose whether you come into praise and worship or whether they sing the songs you like. I know of a church uh, overseas where you can pick the music style that you prefer and go to that service. So there's a country and Western one there for all the people that want to get all those things back uh, that they've lost. And uh, that's an old joke. But... And here's the other thing about a restaurant is even when the food finally comes, no one makes you eat at all. No one says to you, you don't get dessert until you've eaten your broccoli. Isn't that right? But over here, how many people grew up in a house where you were told, eat everything that's put in front of you? Let me just check. How many of you know you grew up in a home where mum said, oh, you don't like carrot? Certainly don't worry about carrot. You don't like any veggies? What, you just like triple ice cream instead of meat and veggies? Let me just check. Who grew up in a house like that? Because if you did, uh, we're all praying for you right now. 
You go to a restaurant, the waiter doesn't come over and see that you've left some veggies still on your plate. And he doesn't or she doesn't say to you, well, until you finish your veggies, we won't show you the dessert menu. The reality is that a restaurant's all about you and about your preferences. That's what a menu is. It's about you. It's about what you'd like. It's never about what's good for you. you know, I've never had a, a white person ever say to me once, oh, look, by the look of you, brother. Mind you, I was on a, a, uh, a gondola in Venice. And I was a lot heavier back then than I am now. And I got in, I jumped into the gondola and it began to rock. And this beautiful Venetian man with his little cap and his tassel down the back, he said to me in his English, a uh, bit broken, he said, too much hungry, Jack, for you. <laughs> but I've never had a white person ever at a restaurant say to me, sir, I think one bread roll's enough for you. I've never ever had them say, no, too much starch in the potatoes. Don't have it. You need raw broccoli. They've never ever done that to me. Why? Because that's not what a restaurant's about. In a restaurant, they'll say, sir, would you like an extra scoop of ice cream? Certainly you can have it. You, there's no dietary requirements in a place like that. Let me read to you out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. And listen to what the Paul writes the Apostle Paul writes to this young church. He says, As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you. What's the whole family metaphor come to pass here? He says, Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Don't you remember, brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses and so is God that we, every single one of us, were devout and honest and faultless toward all of you believers. Now watch this. He says, and you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you. We encouraged you and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy because he has called you to share in his kingdom and glory. The Apostle Paul talks to these people and he begins with the part that all of us want. He begins with the mother caring for the children. He talks about the nurture and about the gentleness and about the provision. And you know, the sad thing is that for some people, that's the only part of God that they know. They know the mothering, nurturing part of God. And yet the Apostle Paul brings in at the end, he says, we were not only like a mother, he said, we were like a father. And watch how the, the, the emphasis shifts. And he begins to talk about how we live our life, begins to speak about our character, begins to speak about our reputation as believers, begins to talk about the way we exhibit Christ in our life. And can I say to you today that when we decide that we're going to follow Christ, we can't live our life at the restaurant where we get to choose everything where it's all about us. God says this is actually the place that best represents the people of God. Not the restaurant table, but this table, the family one where there is not only that encouragement, 
but there's also the correction where there's not only the, the place of, of, of kindness and softness. Some people want a church that's about their preferences, but God wants a church that's about His purpose. God wants a church where we're committed to growing in Christ. Amen? God wants a church where every one of us says, you know what, sometimes there's difficult moments. Can I be this honest with you? I've been a pastor a long time now. And I've seen people, the moment something gets a bit uncomfortable, uh, leave a church and go somewhere else where there's comfort for them. And they prize the anonymity, if you like. They'll go to a new church somewhere or other. I'm not saying that because anybody's doing this here or anything. I'm not reacting to anything at all. I'm saying it out of 40-something years now of watching what happens when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with something in someone's life. Maybe it's in a team they're on and a conflict arises and instead of processing it and dealing with it, they take the comfort option and go looking for another restaurant somewhere or other so that they don't have to deal with the Father in correcting part of life. Amen. And so God wants to have us live around the family table. Here's the second difference. The first one being the menu. Let me give you the second difference between the restaurant and the family is this, that a restaurant only asks you to do one thing. All you got to do when you're finished in your restaurant, before you leave, there's only one thing they want you to do. What is it? They want you to pay. Amen. You just pay. And if you're a generous person, you're from Metro Church, you probably give them a tip. But they just want you to pay. Isn't that right? But healthy families, if you're a healthy family, if you're a young mum and dad here, let me give you a bit of advice. Train your children when they're very young to help. Not out of some kind of burdensome driving them or something. But I find all of my children and all my grandchildren, young Sloan's only two, but I tell you what, if I say to her, do you want to help? She'll say, help. And reach up and grab my hand. She wants to help. And I want to see her grow up to be somebody who understands that family is where I make a contribution. Family is a place where the value of your contribution, when they're maybe young still, they can set the table, clear the table. One of my other grandchildren, the week before last, uh, I was there for dinner and at the end of it, uh, this certain grandchild who's about eight years old was uh, told that uh, by her mum, uh, go and, 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 you know, stack the dishwasher or empty the dishwasher. Well, she went over there like it was the worst thing in the world. She went over there and she stood there a little minute and she said, why me? Why do I have to empty the dishwasher? It's just not fair. Despite the fact that she just helped dirty the dishes that were a part of it. So I had a little moment with her a little bit later and I said, let me just talk to you. I said, do you remember the conversation I had with you a year ago about perspective? And she said, yes, Granddad. And I said, well, it applies to this. I said, a job, a contribution is not what you have to do, it's what you get to do. And she looked at me and she said, oh, like the thought had never entered her head. See, a restaurant creates a consumer. That's what it is. When you go there, you're a consumer. It creates a consumer mentality in your life. 
And that can be pretty attractive. I've never gone to a restaurant yet and said, listen, I love the meal so much, I want to go and do the dishes. <laughs> no one's ever. I've never said, if you've got a mop, I'll mop the floor on my way out. Never ever said, look, I noticed one of the tables, you know, it's got a hole in the tablecloth. And if you give me a needle and thread, I'll darn it for you while I'm here. I've never ever done that. Because in a restaurant, see, it's about a consumer mentality. And I, don't, I like a restaurant and I love the fact that I don't do the dishes. But that's not real life. Real life is not a restaurant. Real life's a family dinner. Amen. So let me finish this morning by giving you the four things you're never going to get at a restaurant, but you will get in a family. Let me give you the four things that I think are incredibly important and very valuable. And let me tell you that if you are looking for a church home, don't look for a church home that looks like that. Don't have a little checklist that goes, hmm, they sang my favourite song, House of Miracles. Tick. Because we're not really interested in a TripAdvisor review. Amen. We're not really looking for that. I don't mean to be rude here, but I, you know, that's the way some of us measure church is did I enjoy it? You know, was the, did, the, did it look good? Did the colours suit me? Did I like the songs? Was the preacher nice? Did he say anything that made me squirm? I'm never going back there. Where that's not the way it is. Look for a church where your contribution can be valued. Amen? Are you all here with me this morning? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Let me give you the four things you're never going to get at a restaurant. Number one, you're never going to get intimacy at a restaurant. The restaurant doesn't know you. They might know your face. They've certainly got your phone number. They might even know if you go there regularly enough, they might even know your favourite dish. But that's about all. There was a, a cafe I used to stop at every Sunday morning. And uh, then they shut down during COVID for a long period of time and I just moved to another one. Had to be one where my son was baristering and so I'd stop there. Do you know that restaurant, that cafe, never once rang me up and said, we miss you. They never once ever rang me up and said, Jeff, where have you been? Please come back. No, nobody, it was just, I'm just another consumer who moved. I want to be a part of a church where literally I get to share my life, not in a weird way, not in a somebody digging through my life, but I want to be a part of a church where I get to be known as much as I know. That's why we started at the beginning of this year, Metro Life on the third Sunday of every month where we meet together in homes and we meet also here. So there's lots of opportunity. But where you get to do life with people, where it's not just about a church service, but it's about the way we get together. You're never going to find intimacy at a restaurant. Secondly, at a restaurant, you're not going to get connection. Will I be missed at a restaurant? Well, to be really honest, no, because half the time you go back and the staff are different. And they go, oh, you know, who are you? They don't know who you are. There's a connection, though, in the family isn't there. That's incredibly valuable. Understand this, please. Because the book of Psalms says that God puts the solitary into families. God's not into crowds. He can get crowds as easy as anything. 
Jesus did it all the time. But when the, something began to get a bit uncomfortable, often the crowd moved on. The same crowd that cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Only a matter of days later, we're in the same uh, place crying out, crucify him. So understand that God's not impressed by crowds. It's not that we don't want more people. Obviously, the more heaven's going to be filled and there's going to be lots of people there. God wants to see people come to Christ to get saved. But it's about building the connection. One of the best ways you'll ever build connection in this church is either by going to a connect group, a Metro Life, or by joining a serving team. You'll get to know other people and that will enrich your life as least as much as any sermon you hear. Amen. It's the truth. Here's number three. Third thing you're never going to get at a restaurant is valued contribution. Your contribution is not an onerous obligation. Think about it a minute. It's your opportunity for significance. Now, I saw Victor around here somewhere. Are you still here, Victor? Where's Victor gone? He was taking photos all around here a little bit earlier. He was down in the... Where are you, Vic? Are you here somewhere? I'm looking for you. He's a bit shy, but that's all right. Are you there, Victor? Are you there? When you start laughing, I wonder if he's somewhere up. Well, I won't wait for him to come, but I watched Victor this morning with his camera and he's got the lenses and stuff that's like, hello, you know, all my photos now are on my, my smartphone. But here he is with all of this stuff. And I thought, what a brilliant thing it is to have someone whose significant contribution is around taking photos. I was, I was just blessed watching this young man uh, who's obviously got a gift and a talent for it and taking all these photos. And I love the fact that you don't have to be someone up behind a table reading out of the Bible to be someone of significance, but you can be significant in any area. We talked about hope this morning. And there's people that are down there and their entire joy every week is to hand food to someone who maybe hasn't eaten in a while or to give a smile to somebody. And they all are like that. You never go down there. It's not Grumpyville. You get down there and they're there reflecting Jesus to other people. And I love the fact that I can make a significant and a valued contribution in the things of God. I love that. Here's the last one, number four. The fourth thing you're never going to get at a restaurant is belonging. Belonging. You know, a restaurant can have a buzz and excitement, can have a great feeling, but I'm not a part of anyone's restaurant. I don't belong in a restaurant. Nobody comes in and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sit, don't bother paying, we love you. That hasn't happened to me yet. Belonging is something that's uh, exclusive to families, isn't it? We belong. We used to sing a song way back in the days when Noah had built the ark. I belong to the family, the family of God. What a beautiful song that was about the fact that when God brings us somewhere, we belong. I want you to understand this today because some of you are going to be here maybe for the first time or only be coming a few times and you go, Jeff, I want to belong. And I'd go, if you act like you belong, everybody will just treat you like you do. Don't stand on the sidelines waiting for something special to happen. 
Begin right now to say, Lord, I'm going to make a significant contribution. I'm going to begin to share my life. I'm going to begin to make connection. You'll find belonging will come on very quickly after that. Let me give you one, uh, one scripture here at the end as we finish. It's a brilliant one. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, and it talks about really what the church is all about. It says this, In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Think about that. God's not building an organisation. He's not building a governance structure. He's not building a set of ministries like some kind of spiritual conglomerate. He says, this is what I'm building. This is what the church looks like. He says, I'm building a place where my Holy Spirit inhabits. I'm building something that's a dwelling place for me. I'm building a group of people, a body of people that are so tuned towards God that it's easy for God to come and inhabit in that place. And can I tell you, I believe that that is worth investing in. I believe that that is worth sowing your life and your time, your finance. I believe that's something worth embracing and saying that's how I'm going to live my life. So Metro Church, don't be a restaurant Christian. It tastes good, but it doesn't last. Pull up a chair around the family of God. Amen. Allow God to start to build your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for everybody that's here, everyone that's a part of this online. Lord, some of them can't physically maybe come and join us around the table, but certainly in spirit they can. Certainly by their prayer and by their faith and certainly by their, their investing, they can certainly do that. Father, we thank you for each person that's saying today, Lord, I've been treating your home like it was a restaurant where it's about me and God, I'm going to lay that down. I want to be a part of the family. I want to belong somewhere. I want, Lord, to be a part of what you're building and the habitation of God by the Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, some of you here today have never accepted Christ as your Saviour. You haven't opened the door to Jesus and asked Him to come into your life. And I want to pray for you if you're in the building right now and that's you. You say, Jeff, I want to receive Jesus today. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you are and then you can put it back down again. I'm not going to embarrass people, but I do want to pray with you and for you wherever you are. If that's you, just lift your hand. If you're, thank you at the back. God bless you. Who else? Just wherever you are. Say, Jeff, that's me today. If you're up in the balcony, just wave it around so that I can see it. I'm looking. No one else is. I'm praying. And everyone else is as well. That you'll say yes to Christ. If you're online, the yes button on the metrochurch.online platform uh, is there for you. Or you can text yes through to the number that's right there on the screen, 0488-826-392 or yes at metrochurch.org.au. And uh, you can go to any one of those ways of doing it. But just for our praise or anybody else just in the building, if that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, Jeff, that's me. I want to receive Jesus today. You're going to begin a walk with God. Then we're going to pray for that person in the building and those online. I want you to say this prayer. Would you say it after me? Everyone will say it. So whoever that person was, you won't be embarrassed. Just say this after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I want you in my life and I want to live my life walking with you. Help me, Lord, 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You don't need to pray this prayer, but Lord, I'm praying for that person in the building and for those, Lord, online that are saying yes. And even those, Lord, that'll be a part of this service later on in the week or in the weeks to come. Lord, I pray that You will touch each one of their lives, that every single one of them, Lord, as they're saying yes to You, will begin to discover what a wonderful, wonderful plan You have for their life. We thank You for that in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 You can look this way. Please text yes, whoever you are. If you raise your hand in the building here, then you can go to the Connect Hub outside and just tell them I lifted my hand. Or you can go to the prayer space on the right-hand side. Someone will be there for you. Or you could do one of those other things, which is text YES right there to 048826392 That'd be great. Can we give those people all a big hand and just say, well done. Helen's just put here on the chat. Uh, Jesus welcomes everyone to His table. And uh, that's the only thing wrong with this illustration is the table's too small. Amen. There's always a chair. There's always somebody that'll say, come on, pull up a chair with us in Jesus' name. Is that the time? Oh, well, there you go. We're going to stand and worship the Lord before we go this morning. Pray you can come tonight to Faith, Hope and Love. We're going to be really digging in and praying for vision and dream. I believe God's got one for every life. We'll take the time for that and to pray for your loved ones and friends as well. But let's just sing together this song once only before we go this morning.